your talk show for all things automotive. From the latest news to the greatest views. And the biggest names in rolling iron. Your host is Brett Hatfield, freelance auto journalist, senior auction analyst for Sports Car Market Magazine and American Car Collector Magazine, writer and editor of ReadTheDriven.com. And owner of his own small but growing fleet of cool cars. Get behind the wheel of an hour of car toss starting right now. Thanks for listening to Driven Radio. We know your time's valuable, so we work hard to bring you the best in automotive content and interviews. You can listen to us online at readthedriven.com, on iTunes, Pippa, Stitcher, Google Play, and everywhere fine podcasts are heard. Please follow us on Facebook at forward slash Driven Radio Show, on Twitter at Driven Radio Show, and on Instagram at Read the Driven. We're coming to you from Driven Radio Studios in Kansas City's historic West Bottoms. I'm your host, Brett Hatfield, here with my newly renamed co-host, Vern Estes, who used to be a Shelby expert and owner of the world's lowest volume car dealership, but now has requested to be referred to as the master of all space and time. Boy, that feels good. My (laughs) wife will get a kick out of hearing that. Well, there you go, dude. Feels good to be king for a day. Uh, For a little bit, anyway. Uh, This week, we got some interesting uh, car world news in the form of a much-anticipated Shelby Ford Ferrari movie, uh, a real cool exhibition at the Peterson Automotive Museum, and I say farewell to an old friend. So uh, let's see what's new in the car world this week. In our intro, it says, My Small But Growing Car Collection. Yeah, you just said that you're saying goodbye to an old friend as, well, if, you're, it is. as if it's like a sad moment. It, the greatest moment in classic car ownership can usually be when the car is leaving after you successfully and sold it. Did. it. And it I did. I love but these cars the, as much as Here's the weird else. thing about this one. I sold an Impala, and it's not the Impala I was trying to sell. Yeah? I've been trying to sell that 61 for That's how it usually goes. You never long. sell the cars you're trying to sell. And I was talking to a guy online about it. And he asked me about the car, and I told him everything about it. And I showed him pictures, and uh, he said, well, that's out of my price range. And I said, well, you know, I got another Impala. I got a 63 convertible. And he asked me about that, and I told him about it, and I sent him pictures. And he said, well, what would you take for it? And I named a price, and he named a price a little bit lower than that. And I named a price in the middle, and he said sold. And I was like, okay, I guess I sold my car. <laughs> mm-hmm. And then it actually got paid for it and actually Yeah, left. it did. And, and it then was... it made it all the way home, right? No. No, it didn't. <laughs> it got sold. It got paid for. He wired me the money to my checking account. Uh, it was legit. We confirmed everything. He had a, a this guy is a, co- a collector out of North Carolina. And he had a friend who's got a shop over in Independence. Paid me for the car. We got everything cleared up. He sent his friend over to pick it up. Guy picked up the car, made it until he was a mile from home. And I think they stopped or food or ice cream or something. Went to get back and the Apollo wouldn't start. Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, that's when they don't run. They always they always refuse to run right when somebody's purchased them or right before they're getting up to the auction block. Well, so. a- anyway, I managed to get it delivered. Um, and uh, I'm still trying to sell Vlad the Impaler, my 61. Uh, and it seems like everything I got is for sale. The, the Bronco, the GTO. Welcome to my life. I'm, I'm a poor influence on All you. that stuff. So if anybody wants to adopt any of my automotive children, let me know. Uh, hey, you saw, that, you saw the trailer for the new movie, didn't you? Thank God. Le Mans 66. It's been a long time coming. Well, they've been talking about it forever. Forever. And I had yep. heard, we had both heard that they were going to cast uh, 
Matt Damon in the movie mm-hmm. as Carol Shelby. And I, the whole time I've been thinking, there's no way. And we had heard a lot of names thrown around with that movie, too. So it, was, well, yeah. it went beyond Matt Damon and Christian Bale. It was Patrick Dempsey, I thought, at some point was going to be involved. I mean, there were a lot well, that's of... kind of seems like a natural. Yeah, I mean, it, there were a lot of names thrown around. I mean, overall, I'm pretty happy with, with you know, the... Well, I think casting Christian Bale as Ken Miles is a good move. Sure. Now, argu- a guy with a natural accent well, to play ar- Arguably, uh, Christian Bale is, is better looking than Ken Miles was. Sure. And they're similar in height. They have a very similar uh, face structure as well. Similar kind of, Ken Miles had a more defined chin, but Christian Bale's got kind of a similar look to him. So he makes a pretty good, he's about as good a Ken Miles as I could have asked for, frankly. Looked like they got the same dentist. You know, at the end of the day, uh, Ken Miles has always been my hero since childhood. And just the fact that Batman is now playing Ken Miles is is just, (laughs) it's mind-blowing how excited I am about that. I'm glad you're wrapped up about that. That's yep. kind of cool. Oh, I'm 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 revved up about the whole movie. I think it's I, really, tell you what, it's going to be got, neat. Uh, they got uh, John Bernthal to play uh, Lee Iacocca. Yep, Lee Iacocca's got to be thrilled about that. John Bernthal's not a bad looking dude. Oh sure, yeah. I mean, and Lee Iacocca is a pretty enigmatic uh, figure back in back in the sixties. Yeah, so. true. Well, and they got uh, they got Ray McKinnon to play Phil Remington. That'll be cool to see because mm-hmm. Rem was just a master fabricator and i i want to see how they portray him maybe the greatest ever yeah everybody who's worked with him said so anyway what's going to be intriguing about the movie is just how i'm interested to see i mean it's i've i told you before the show that i'm mostly as long as it's entertaining and it's a good quality film i think it's nothing but good for the hobby i'm just really interested to see how they tie in all the different storylines that go into this like we were talking there's so much there you could turn the thing into a mini series oh they could never cover it all but i mean it'll be interesting to see how much of the detail they can get in how much of the important kind of uh sub stories they get in because there's so much that went into uh the ford ferrari wars Oh, in the mid '60s, yeah. I mean, it, yeah. it, it, one thing that caught my eye in, in the uh, in the trailer was that there's a conversation between Ken Miles and Carol Shelby at a diner where they're implying that they have 90 days to go race Ferrari. Yeah, and uh, it that's, took years. That's but, not how that works. You know, there, I'm sure there will be some Hollywood interjections. And in, in, well, know, I'm, the I'm hoping that's what they were talking about on the Daytona Coupe, hopefully, and not the GT40. Uh, the movie is booked on AJ is based on AJ Bames' book "Go Like Hell," and uh, it's directed by James Mangold, and he uh, directed Wolverine and Logan, but he also directed Christian Bale in the 2007 remake of 310 to Yuma. So they've worked together before. Uh, I hope it comes out. It's it's cool when it comes out. It releases uh, November 8th of this year. And a link to the movie's website can be found on readthedriven.com. Um, you sent me this article. I really dug this. Haggerty had a great article this week about the Peterson Automotive Museum in L.A. Uh, doing an exhibit of uh, science fiction and fantasy movie and TV cars. Yeah. And I looked through the article, and I started looking at the pictures. They got some cool stuff. Oh, sure, as if the Peterson needed any more cool stuff. No, but, I mean, the Peterson's loaded with cool stuff. They just have cool stuff for this exhibit. And I started running down uh, some of the stuff in there. Now, you'll get excited about this since Batman turns you on. They got two Batmobiles, one from the 66 TV series and one from uh, the 1989 movie. Uh, The 66 Imperial Crown Black Beauty from Green Hornet. Um, the flying LAPD car from Blade Runner, which I'd never seen 
outside of the movie and in the movie sure. it's wet and it's dark and you can't make out any detail and then they show a picture of it and you're going what the heck? yeah what is that yeah, yeah. no kidding uh, they got the V8 interceptor from Mad Max Fury Road. Uh, the the one I really liked the the personally the coolest car in there the 32 Ford Flathead Roadster from Iron Man and Iron Man Two the one that's uh, I'm surprised of, they don't have the uh, the Cobra that they crushed in that movie <laughs> Iron Man falls on that was for sale at a Meekum auction was uh, it really yeah it was they sold both the full Kirkham car that was used before it was crushed and then the lookalike. Well, it was an actual Kirkham body on chassis that they crushed to look so that he could be laying in it once the CGI was done and and get up. But that wow. was sold at Meekum, and it went for, like, nothing, like, literally scrap metal. Well, I'm sure, but the be Kirkham just, body itself. Imagine how cool it would be just to hang that on the wall of a Shelby or Cobra collection, just bolted to the wall, like, I'd sideways. To, I'd, I'd put it up in my living room. Yeah. Absolutely. I'm sure uh, your wife would have nothing to say about that at all. I got a cool wife. She'd probably let it go. <laughs> uh, they had a land speeder from Star Wars, a DeLorean from the Back to the Future trilogy, uh, Kit from Knight Rider. And here's one my wife would like. She loves Jurassic Park. They had one of the explorers from the first movie, mm -hmm. yellow and red and all that. Anyway, uh, you can find the link to the full article on readthedriven.com. Uh, coming up this week, our special guest is auto journalist J.P. Emerson, somebody you know, uh, yep. you've talked to before. Uh, J.P. will hear, be here to talk about his lifelong interest in cars, what fascinates him about Fords and Shelbys, because he is a diehard Ford and Shelby guy, uh, and some of the profiles he's working on about car world movers and shakers. All this and much more is coming up on Driven Radio. Welcome back to Driven Radio. Uh, we're here this week with our special guest, J.P. Emerson. He's a freelance auto journalist and author whose work's been seen in Hot Rod, Mopar Muscle, Ford Muscle, Mustang Monthly, Motor Trend Group magazines, and he's had his work featured on Garage Squad TV, Ford Performance, Chevy Hardcore, and Corvette Online. J.P. writes power profiles covering classic cars uh, and people who own them and stories about their ownership. He covers car shows, music, road trips, and what we in the car community all have in common. Providing automotive content for websites and press releases, J.P.'s work can be found throughout the automotive world. Good grief. What an introduction. J.P., welcome to Driven Radio. Thanks for having me, guys. We're happy to have you here. Uh, right out of the gate, I got to ask you uh, uh, about a really important question. Tell us what it's like to interview the owner of the world's lowest volume boutique car dealership, the guy who's sitting across from me, Mr. Estes. Well, you know, everybody has to do a little charity work. Oh, boy. <laughs> man, body slam. Oh, man. That no, seriously. I'm so happy. Seriously. Can you be on again next week? <laughs> uh, no, no. Vern, Vern, Vern's been a great asset, actually. I, I got in touch with, with Vern, and, oh, I, I guess about a year and a half, maybe two years ago now, uh, basically to try to save me from getting flamed on a couple of websites because uh, I, I was really <laughs> looking I was really looking for people to, to feature and, and you know if you go on those websites you know sometimes if you come in cold you're not um, saying that uh, people can get a little touchy on enthusiast forums are you no. JP you wouldn't possibly be implying that well no I'm not implying I'll just come out and say it but, yeah absolutely but, but um, yeah I, I got in touch with Vern and 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 you know, told him, hey, this is kind of what I'm looking to do, and uh, I guess he was he was my guinea pig there, uh, and um, you know, I spoke with Bernie a little bit, and 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 
did a little research on him and talked to some other people, you know, behind his back just to find out a little bit about what he was about. It's really amazing to me that, that you know, someone, someone Vern's age is, is as knowledgeable and, and as well respected in the community as he is. JP, yeah. don't, don't, don't say, don't spread that around too much. See, the idea <laughs> is to give everybody the impression, the impression that, you know, as little as humanly possible in this business. You don't want to know too much. Well, I haven't given you my address for the money you said you'd send me. <laughs> uh, no, Vern said you did a heck of a job on the uh, on the interview, and it is disturbing that he knows as much as he knows. Um, kind of makes you wonder what would have happened to us if we'd all studied something more worthwhile. Yeah, like well, accountant. I'm kind, of what he, I'm kind of wondering what he studied in school because he knows that so well. I studied but, accounting, yeah. adding and subtracting. So that's really putting that to good use right now. You thought you would have learned better. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, how'd you become an auto journalist, JP? Well, um, to be honest, I, I had always written from a young age. Uh, I did quite a bit of, of like sports reporting back in high school. Uh, I wrote for the local paper, covered you know, high school sports, et cetera. Um, but I really had a I had a passion for cars. I just didn't have the wallet to have one. Um, so I, I, like every kid growing then, you know, I'd pick up magazines here and there and, and about it and always dream about, you know, hey, it would be really cool to have a car like this and have it in a magazine. Um, so when the, when the time came, when, when I finally had a, a female my name um, and I, I picked up a car, I thought, how can I get this in the magazine? And, and the short answer was, you can't. You know, it's a driver, it's a beater, it's got rust. And but you know that doesn't stop people from dreaming about it. So I, I I thought, you know, if the time ever comes where I can do something with with what I like to do, which was which was writing, then um, you know, I'm gonna I'm gonna reach out to these type of people uh, and, and and maybe see if I can make some of their dreams come true. You know it. it they don't have to be trailer kings or, or car show winners, you know, presentable driver, um, but it's their pride and joy. And, and it's really about what it means to them, not necessarily what the car may look like. So what's the toughest part about being a, a freelance auto journalist? Uh, well, it's honestly, it's getting someone to give you a shot. Um, you know, you, you pick up magazines or newspapers, and, and rarely do you look at a byline. Every now and then you see people that, that you know, that you recognize. Um, but you have to get somebody to give you a shot. You, you have to basically work for nothing and say, here's what I can do, and then give them examples of it. Um, once you get that behind you, um, you know, then you have to really work on on what makes you different um again you can pick up or, or go to a website and you can read about you know a car um but it's about the car and that's first and foremost uh you know for for magazines and that's that's how they sell um but i want to know the person you know i want to know how did they get it how did they come about it what did they do with it um you know, did they improve it? Was it that way? Was it in the family? Um, you know, these are the grassroots type of stories that, that resonate with people. 
you can look at a lot of them when you walk by. You only stop and look at the ones you're interested in, but you miss so many um, that have really cool stories. You know, why is the ding in the back bumper? You may walk by and, you know, if the story is, you know, really interesting, then, then you understand why they leave it there because it's meaningful to them. JP, what's, uh, what's your favorite topic to cover? What's your favorite thing to write about? Again, it's, it's the people. It's the people behind these. Um, I, I, I like the human interest side of getting to know people and talking to them when we have a, a common interest um, I think that's what the whole kind of the whole hobby boils down to, really. It really uh, does. You know, when I find myself going to, I mean, I go to all the national Shelby shows, all most all the national Ford shows, uh, swap meets. I'm always amazed every time I leave those shows. I find myself thinking about how little time I spent looking at the cars. Yeah, because yeah. most of the time you're you're spending most of your time just catching up with the people that show up every year and that you've become accustomed to seeing at that event. And you know, the thing about car guys is that. You know, everybody can be of varying uh, political views or be from different places or live completely different lives, different livelihoods. I mean, people can be completely different, but the fact that we're all car guys, for some reason, we all have something in common with one another that just seems to click all the time. So I can imagine that getting to talk with all these different figures in the automotive world is really probably uh, pretty interesting. We're speaking with freelance auto journalist and author J.P. Emerson. Uh, we were talking about uh, where you think uh, millennials opinion of automobiles is and where it's headed. Uh, where do you see our hobby and culture heading? What do you think the future will hold for the, with the next generation? Do you think there's a chance that they will embrace classic cars the way we do? Or is this just going to be more of the same with them not really seeing cars? I mean, they see them more as appliances. Well, I, I don't see them not embracing them. Uh, I, I think right now um, the interest again is in not so much the gadgets that that the newer cars have, but but how they how they relate to them. Uh, they understand them. Um, you know, you, if you if you pop a, a small block in front of a, a, a younger car enthusiast right now and, and try to explain carburetion system to them. You know, you'll probably get the same look as as we tried to we had trying to figure out how to set the time on our VHS years ago. I can't say that it's gonna go away. Um, I do think it will slow down now, uh, simply because you know you have generations that are getting older, um, and, and and again with with the younger generations, there's there's so much more for them to do and different outlets for them to do it in. Um, it's probably not at the top of their list to to learn about it, uh, and and I think that's just a generational thing. That's you know, our generation may not have learned so much about the Model T and the Model A as generations before may have hoped so. But uh, you know, it, I can't say it'll go away altogether. No, I, I think there'll always be a following uh, or collectors. Now this is the question for you, baby. Yeah, I mean, continuing on that train of thought, I mean. I, I think there's two sides of the argument. I think that that's a it's a popular conversation to be having because I think that the average age in the hobby is obviously uh, it's obviously far higher than my age. I mean, I'm 28 years old. I'm I'm kind of unusual for anybody in the hobby. But uh, you know, at the same time, uh, I think that the cars 
if I'm speaking specifically about muscle cars, Shelby's Mustangs, that kind of stuff, I think the cars have got so expensive now that uh, you couldn't, nobody could possibly expect my generation to get into them and buy them at the rate that older generations are getting into them. I mean, people in my generation just generally don't have the kind of disposable income right now, but there's still like interest in, in the cars. I mean, well, at the end of the day, this, like the best stuff is always going to bring good money. Um, but you're also seeing a shift in what they're interested in. Look at the rise in popularity of square body Ford and Chevy pickups. Sure. And you're also Broncos. starting. To, yeah. You're starting to see what, uh, uh, Keith defenders, Land Rovers, all of it. Well, you know? but you're also starting to see uh, young timer cars. You're starting sure. to see, uh, third and fourth gen Camaros. You're starting to see a lot of stuff that seems to us to be a little bit newer, and, but it's it's cheaper and it's their version of classic cars. I just think that what we're seeing right now is there's always going to be more and more cars that are of interest to collectors because manufacturers are always building more and more cars. Sure. Right now, what I'm seeing in my business is that certain cars are getting more difficult to sell while others are continuing to go up at a rate that is consistent with the past 10 years where those sure. cars experienced the greatest growth that they've ever experienced. So I think, I think a smart collector right now, a smart person involved in the hobby is buying as good and as rare cars as they can possibly find. Um, I think that things that used to be considered acceptable by collectors um, as sort of a second best to what they really would want in an ideal world, I think that stuff is beginning to get soft and will probably get softer. But I think the very best stuff, 65 Shelby's, 67 four-speed 350s and 500s, 66 four-speeds. Now, there's other cars that right now are sort of getting soft, and that's really a, a sign of the generational shift is that there's only so many butts to fill the seats. The butts that want to be in those seats are going to continue to pay record money for cars, uh, but they're they're much more picky yeah. than, than people have been in the past. Well, and you also see that, uh, uh, you know, your generation more – you're starting oh, to, it makes my skin crawl whenever people say that. They yeah, look at me well, and they say, your generation. Well, your generation is starting to have more disposable income, and they're getting into collecting cars and things like that that they weren't able to before. It just makes me want to climb into my safe space hearing it as my generation. Yeah, you're always safe here. Uh, JP, <laughs> you're, you're a huge Ford and Shelby fan. Uh, what do you see coming from uh, Ford and Shelby that's exciting? Ooh, EV cars. That's what I see coming. I, I I don't know that the American public is quite ready for EV muscle cars. There's a, a portion of them that want to be ready for it, and I think there's some some growing excitement about them. But right now, I, I believe that the majority of the folks that can purchase them are are waiting it out. Let's let's see what it really does. Uh, you know, an, an electric Mustang or Bronco or oh, Shelby, for that matter. You know, they they look great on the screen, and and all the videos look great, and it looks like you know they're going to do wonderful things with them. And I hope they do. I hope all the manufacturers do. Oh, um, electric Bronco. But I, <laughs> but I but I think before before people start really putting out that much money, uh, I, I think they want to see what happens. And I think that's only natural. Um, you know, nobody wants to plop, you know, 80 to a hundred thousand dollars down on a, you know, a, an electric supercar only to find out that they've got, you know, 
it's not so super Bessie's, Bessie's golf cart. <laughs> yeah. That's, but, but I do see that coming. JP, we really appreciate you being with us this week. Thank you so much for taking the time. Uh, we've been speaking to JP Emerson, freelance auto journalist and author. JP can be found at www.jpemerson.com on Twitter at forward slash Ford muscle JP. And some of JP's work can be found online at www.muckrack.com forward slash JP dash Emerson. Of course, you can find these and all links to everything else on the show at readthedriven.com. JP, thank you so much for being on Driven Radio. It's been a pleasure. Uh, coming up, thanks, thanks for having me. Coming up, we have a plethora. See, Hefe, you have a plethora. A plethora <laughs> of car shows and events happening around the city of this week and all the details about those. And those are coming up next on Driven Radio. Man, it was cool talking to J.P. Emerson. Uh, the guy's got an awful lot going on. Yeah, sure uh, does. But I, he's one of those guys that you want to sit down and have a beer with and just shoot the breeze and talk about all the car stuff he does. Sure. But uh, one of the things he's that— He's got I, his hand in a little bit of every kind of magazine, for sure. He, he all does. All sorts of different content. But one of the things that I keep coming back to is the Ford stuff and— you know, top of mind is that that movie preview that came out this week and yep. how bad I want to see that and how I, how much I'm hoping that that story is well told. I'm hoping that oh, it's sure. as, as good and as detailed as it possibly can be. I don't see how they could squeeze it all in. I don't either. I mean, I've nobody could accuse me of not being biased towards one given brand. So obviously that the Ford Ferrari war story is what led me to be so passionate about Shelby cars and about Ford. I mean, that's the whole, that's the whole center of it. I mean, how old were you when you finally became aware of it? Oh, I was super old. I was like nine years old <laughs> becoming well read in the topic. And, uh, the whole Ford for it's, it's one of the most romantic sporting stories of all time. Uh, you know, it's, it's the classic tale of a West Texas chicken farmer taking on the world, kind of a shyster, you know, kind of, uh, making promises before he has commitments well, as a businessman. I mean, it's the whole Carol Shelby story, yeah. Ford being like, people have to view it in the 60s, like context. Well, Ford is like an industrial before, power. Before we gloss over that, remember last year when the first Shelby Cobras sold at auction? Sure, yeah. And it looked pretty hammered because it was. Sure. And they were discussing. It was my job at the museum when I interned there to take care of that car. Every morning I'd dust it off. Really? Yep. So. They were talking about how many different layers of paint were on the car because mm -hmm. Shelby would paint it and then he'd give it to a magazine to test and he'd get it back and then he'd paint it again to give it to somebody else to give the illusion that he had a fleet of these things. Oh, sure. He was, he was a wily devil, that guy. And, and in the best of ways, he's the classic kind of American tale of faking it till you make it. And then he made it bigger than anybody else. Yeah, he really did. He absolutely did. You never told me you took care of that car before. Oh, sure. I did an internship at Shelby American for two summers. And that well, was I, I the first that. thing I would do when I walked in the door every morning is I would go over to the museum and my job was to dust off all the cars. So that was a car that I just, for 45 days, 45 times, just dusting it off and getting to spend time with it. And, you know, when you're you're 16 years old 
and that car to you. At the time, that car to me, and still is to a certain extent, but at the time, that car was a like a holy relic. Well, as much as I want to talk about Ford and Shelby and Ferrari and everything else, I do have to bring up the fact you're the only person I know who's ever insulted their way into a job. Oh, sure. Yeah. Yeah. I have done that. And I'm aware of that story, but I don't think anybody else is aware of that story. Can you give us the They thumbnail? probably shouldn't be. <laughs> <laughs> has to do with internet forums and making inappropriate comments towards uh, Well, towards give, give me the G-rated and... thumbnail version of that. Oh, I made a I made an accusation uh, about a Shelby executive who would later become a very good friend and is still a good friend to this day uh, about a past job that that person held on a public forum. And uh, at the time, oh there was a story. Wait, in the wait, wait. News. How old How old were you when you made this accusation? Oh, 15. And uh, <laughs> I just, you know, when you're 15 years old and you've got a keyboard and an internet connection, you're full of yourself and you just think you can say anything you want. And I said something very, in hindsight, extremely inappropriate about Especially this person. Especially now. But on the bright side, that started a conversation and a friendship that led to us having conversations every week on the phone. And then, uh, one night I was on the phone with that person and I said that my parents wanted me to get a summer job. And I just had this crazy idea of why don't I just ask a company in Las Vegas if they do internships? And of course the answer was, well, no, we don't do internships, but we could of course just make one for you. Well, it, let's, let's, uh, further add you don't live in Las Vegas. No, I live in Kansas City. <laughs> so I go to I go to my parents and I ask, you know, once once this person says to me on the phone, well, we can just make an internship for you. Mom and dad, I know I'm 15 down? years old. I want to go yeah, to Vegas. Yeah, I go to mom and dad and I say, so I have this person at Shelby American who's offered me an internship. And they said, what are you going to be doing? I said, I don't know. And they said, where are you going to be staying? And I said, well, they said they have a company house and they're going to put me up and give me a company car. Oh my! And God. my mom said, absolutely not. And my dad said, well, let's talk about it. And the truth is, I think my dad kind of knew that what is, uh, by the time that that was going to happen, I'd be 16 years old. And what in the world is a 16 year old going to do in Las Vegas to get in trouble? <laughs> not much. I mean, you can't get in anywhere. And that's the truth. Being in Vegas over the weekends were the worst part because there's nothing you could actually do. So I had a, a GTH, the, uh, the Shelby Hertz rent a car as a company car. Now, well, I'm guessing this was a more current version of the GTA. Uh, 2006. Yeah, yeah they 2006 they Coupe. They made 500 of them, so they were fairly, uh, they weren't common, but this was kind of the company GTH, uh, and they put me up in an executive house that was on Las Vegas Boulevard, and I spent uh, almost two months working at the company and kind of doing a lot of different stuff. I actually got to see some pretty cool, cool stuff. I did some prototyping, got to work with- uh, No kidding. A little bit. Not, I mean, I didn't do anything important. I was just kind of running, you know, getting parts for people and try, just trying to be in, as involved as I can. But yeah, every morning I would be, you know, key in the door, dust off CSX 2000, the very first Cobra ever built, you know, a holy relic. Carol Shelby came in one day, took a nap in his office and left. That was pretty sweet. Uh, <laughs> Did you, you know, meet Shelby himself? You got to know. Oh, sure. I met him a couple of times. Okay. Yeah, and he was a great dude. He, Carol had a soft spot for children. So he, uh, if you were young, you he would always give you a lot of attention. Very cool. Uh, there was one time where I was at Barrett-Jackson. I was uh, in the booth of a well-known original poster reseller, and I was buying my first poster from this guy, and I turned around, and I went, holy smokes, Carol Shelby is standing right next to me because it turns out they were personal friends. And I walk up to Carol. This is before the internship, and I walk up to Carol, and I say, hey, Mr. Shelby, you know, can I, can I get a picture with you? And he turns to me and he said, 
in his like typical slick West Texas uh, accent. He said, sure, kid, but you got to be quick. You got to have your dad be quick because if, if I stand around too long and people see me standing here, I'm going to get mobbed. Yeah. So he turns around real quick. We take a photo. I've still got it. Oh, and uh, cool. he leaves the booth. And the second he walks more than 20 feet away from the booth, which was kind of concealed from public view to anybody unless you were in the booth, it was true. It was like a herd of people just oh, surrounding him. I can him. only imagine. I can so, only But imagine. he always had a soft spot for children. He always wanted to, to make kids' days. I, that same weekend, I got invited into the, uh, the VIP suite, uh, the Shelby American suite at Barrett-Jackson, the Skybox, and I got to sit next to Carol Shelby and watch the auction with him. And I think he made a couple attempts at conversation but like the truth is i was like 15 or 16 years old and i was scared to death like i was sitting next to god you know so like i didn't i don't remember saying anything because i just couldn't believe i was sitting next to carol shelby for 15 or 20 minutes watching the auction with him so i just sat there and watched the cars go by you know you think you're going to say something profound to your heroes when you finally get to meet them no you're not but the truth is you're just scared to death yeah you're going to stumble and you're going to yeah. stutter but it was cool i mean i'll have that memory forever so coming up we got a lot of car shows to talk about and nick come all that and more next on driven radio Hey, welcome back to Driven Radio, coming to you live from Driven Radio Studios. Well, we're not really live. Everybody's going to hear us recorded. But we are coming to you from Driven Radio Studios in Kansas City's historic West Bottoms. We have a ton of car shows, and we're only covering two weeks' worth. And did you see how much stuff is here? Summertime, baby. Well, everybody's anxious to get out and do stuff with their cars, so uh, let's get to it. Yeah, June 13th in Gladstone, Missouri, we've got the annual powerhouse Jeep Jam. Kind of neat uh, seeing a lot more four-wheel drive-specific shows like this one. It's out at Gladstone Dodge Chrysler Jeep and Ram, 5610 North Oak Traffic Way. It's from 5.30 p.m. to 8.30. Did you happen to catch on the calendar? This is June 13th. It's mm-hmm. on a Thursday night. It's a great night for a show. It's cool, man. Yeah. I mean, you get you get to get out and do something on a Thursday. You know what? At the end of the day, a lot of those weeknights like that, it doesn't always have to be a weekend night to have a good show. I mean, a good weeknight like that, you at least know people aren't going to have other stuff on their schedule generally. So yeah. it'll probably be a real good turnout. Well, and the other thing is, this is uh, any and all Jeep and 4x4 vehicles welcome, uh, and it's free. So call Andy Foster at 816-455-3500 or email afoster at gladstonedodge.com for more information. Then June 15th in Blue Springs, Missouri, we got the Midwest Ford Fest. I know a lot of the guys that organize this show. It's always I'm not a good surprised. One. Yeah, there's a, there's a, it's at 8 a.m. and there's a $20 entry fee. Awards are at 2.30 p.m. Uh, all Ford, Lincoln, Mercury, Ford-powered cars, all sorts of stuff going on. Uh, you know, Midwest Blue Oval Ford Club has, has always been very, very active. And, uh, and there's a $5 discount right now at registration at www.midwestblueovalclub.club. Midwest Blue Oval dot club uh also june 15th kansas city missouri the 11th annual car show at wexford place 6500 north cosby 8 30 to 8 30 a.m to 10 30 a.m bring out your muscle car hot rod classic antique or sports car to wexford place for the residents to see and enjoy you know this is getting to be more and more of a thing they do uh car shows gatherings and events at 
retirement communities so the people who live there can come out and see them and be involved with it. And, you know, just because you're retired doesn't mean you're not still a gearhead. So really cool that they do that. Uh, it's absolutely free. Residents will vote for their favorite car, uh, Quick Trip Gas Cards for first, second, and third place. And Chris Cakes. Mm, oh, Chris God, Cakes. I love Chris, Chris Cakes. Chris Cakes will be on site oh. with a pancake breakfast, $7 donation to the Alzheimer's Association. Contact Mary Ann at 816-587-5700 or email wexprograms at seniorstar.com. On June 15th in Kansas City, Missouri, we've got the fourth annual Dad Fest Car Show. It's at Vineyard Church. Uh, it's at 12300 Northwest Arrowhead Traffic Way. Registration is from 9 to 11 a.m. Activities begin at 10 a.m. Ballots must be turned in by noon. Awards are presented at 1.30 p.m. Carnival games, inflatables, Brett. There oh, you boy, go. my favorite. Food trucks, barbecue contests. My other by favorite. Kansas City barbecue Food trucks society. and inflatables. What could possibly go wrong? <laughs> it's a free car show at www.vineyardnorth.com forward slash dadfest. Dadfest. Love it. Uh, also June 15th in Lee Summit, Missouri, the third annual Dahmer Powertrain Customer Appreciation Cruise Night, 2655 Northeast Hagen Road from 4 to 8 p.m. Cool cruisers receive a free ticket for engine drawing. Um, hey, if you need an engine, maybe that's a good way to go. A no cost to register, free burgers, hot dogs, DJ, open house. Call 816-347-1411 for more information. Um, Hey, we've got a lot of June 15th. Uh, here's another one, June 15th in Liberty, Missouri, double discount car show, RT Store, 1908 Plumber's Way, number 300. From 12 noon to 5 p.m., no entry fee, all makes, models, and years welcome. Non-judged atmosphere. Uh, they got a food truck and, uh, geez, Mission American Gratitude. Uh, not sure what that means, but we'll have the information available to you on www.readthedriven.com. And the final June 15th show in Olathe, Kansas, the 2019 All Ford Show, another one that's right up my alley. Oh, no. Um, I was going to ask you about this. I am going to that. I am taking the Bronco. I was wondering if you wanted to go and had anything cool you wanted to take. Oh, I'll go for sure. I might have something cool by that point, but at the moment I'm, I'm a little bit sold out, so trying well, to buy some more that's cars. not necessarily a bad thing, but I'm pretty sure the Bronco will still be in my grubby little paws then. Yeah. The cool thing about this show is that it benefits Harvester's Community Food Network Car Show. Attendees are encouraged to bring canned foods, peanut butter, jelly, boxed meals, and cereal. Uh, for more information, uh, contact Jim Boyer at the dealership or Phil Warren at midamericafalcons at gmail.com. And we'll have their phone numbers and, yep. and links available on the website. Uh, June 22nd to 23rd, Kansas City, Missouri, Maker Fair Exhibition Car Show at Union Station, 30 West Pershing Road, 10 a.m. to 6 p.m. Saturday, 10 a.m. to 5 p.m. Sunday. Move in Friday from 5 to 10 p.m. If I understand this correctly, it's inside. Union Station. Mm -hmm. now, how cool would yeah, that very be? Very cool. Uh, each paid registration gets four additional weekend passes, live entertainment, all customs, and lowrider hopping competition presented by Realistic Impressions. In Independence, Missouri, we got the seventy the 76 Fire Company Fire Fest 2019, Silverstein Eye Center Arena parking lot. Uh, that's at 19100 East Valley View Parkway from 9 a.m. to 3 p.m. Fire trucks, classic cars, and tractors. That sounds like an interesting show. Yeah, man. Uh, I don't know that I've ever been. I've been to car shows where they had a fire truck before. I've never been to a show where there were multiple fire trucks featured. That might be kind of cool. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Uh, 
It says contact Rick Webb at 816-520-8510 or Russell Penniston at 816-718-3058. And again, phone numbers and contact will be available on the website. Uh, Also June 22nd, Leawood, Kansas, 17th Annual Resurrection Car Show at United Methodist Church of the Resurrection at 13720 Row. From 9 to 1.30 p.m., check-in begins at 7 a.m. Entry fee for judge vehicles is $30. Uh, If you hear this in time, and it'll be tight, $25 for early bird registration by June 10th. Uh, Display-only registration is $20. Judging begins at 11.30 a.m. Awards presented at 12.30 p.m. Food trucks, and it's a benefit for Resurrection, Hunger Relief, and Car Repair Ministries. Then June 22nd in Leawood, Kansas, we got the Leawood Police Department Car Show benefiting the Special Olympics of Kansas. Uh, It's at the AMC Corporate Parking Garage in Park Place. It's at 11549 Ash Street. It's from 10 a.m. to 3 p.m. Entry fees $20. Contact Jerry at... Gerald W with a J at Leewood.org or Cougar at Gray, G-R-A-Y-C at K-S-S-O.org. And then again on June 22nd in Olathe, Kansas, we got the 35th annual Mustang and Ford show, hey, which of course is, is the best show be, of all the ones. Going to be right up your alley, pal. Yeah, sure. I'll be at that one. Uh, they have it every year. It's always a really good turnout out of Bass Pro. That's a 12... 12051 Bass Pro Drive. It's sponsored by the Mustang Club of Greater Kansas City. Trophies, 50-50 drawing, all the stuff, silent auction, dash plaques, yada, yada, yada. Mustangs, Mustangs, that is Mustangs, a cool all show. anybody cares about. That, that, is, that is a cool sure. show. I uh, might even have a little high country special there, so we'll see. Oh, very cool. I haven't seen that car yet. I want to see it. Uh, June 29th, Kansas City, Missouri, the All Corvette Show and Shine at the Ararat Shrine Temple, 5100 Ararat Drive. It's a benefit for Project Ride. There's a $25 donation from 830 to 330. And uh, contact Audra at 660-525-7414 for more information. We'll have it on the website. June 29th in Shawnee, uh, the 2019 KC Fast and Furious Cruise at Shawnee Mission Theater in the Park, 7710 Renner Road. It runs from 12 to 3 p.m., and the event is being put on by KC Crazy Vinyls. And last but not least, June 30th, Independence, Missouri, the third annual charity car show at Cable Dauber Collision Center, uh, uh, 11911 East 40 Highway. Entry fee is $30 before June 10th, $40 after that. Space is limited to the first 200 cars entered, open to all makes, models, and years of GM vehicles. It's a show and shine judging from 11 o'clock until 1 p.m., awards at 2.30 p.m. Net proceeds to Children's Mercy Hospitals and trophies for the top uh, top vehicles in each GM division. Door prizes, silent auctions, a 50-50 drawing, and a free GM engine drawing. Uh, Three Pigs Barbecue will be the food vendor, so it's probably worth going for that alone. Uh, Thank you so much for spending time with Driven Radio. We love what we do, and we wouldn't be able to do it without the support of our audience, and that is absolutely true. You can find us online at readthedriven.com, follow us on Facebook at forward slash Driven Radio, on Twitter at Driven Radio Show, and listen to us everywhere fine podcasts are heard. I'm Brett Hatfield for Vern Estes. Master of all time and space. Oh, it feels better hearing it the second time. (laughs) Thank you for listening, and we'll be with you next time on Driven Radio.